Shareable is part of C-Suite Radio. The guest becomes the host, and the host becomes the guest. This segment is called Now You Do Me. Don't make it weird. Hello, 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 shareable family. This is Nestle, your host of the show, and I have Jeff on the other line. Hi, hello. Jeff. Hello. Thanks for having me today, Nestle. Uh, you're welcome. Are you ready? I'm going to ask some difficult questions. I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay. First, let's start with the easy one. What are these three apps that you use most? The three apps that I use most are definitely <laughs> uh, my email is probably the, the most frequently used app on my phone, but it's not my favorite. It's actually my least favorite mm-hmm. thing on earth. Uh, and then the other two that are probably most important are Evernote and Asana. So Evernote to capture all of my notes, my thoughts, uh, you know, things that I want to basically keep in scrapbook and whatever. And then Asana is a task management program. And it's, I basically run my entire life through Asana and I would be completely lost without it. Mm, interesting. So you're always being an iPhone user? Yeah, I've been in. A, I have an Android phone as well. We have, um, you know, a company line, and we use an Android phone for that. But I am, I am squarely an Apple iPhone type person. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said the the least favorite thing to do is checking your emails, right? Yes. Or responding. So what's your plan? for that like you need to eliminate it in your life right (laughs) i don't know if you can ever eliminate email as much as we might like to it is an incredibly effective business tool so i would be hard pressed to just give it up but -hmm. what i have been able to do is through the use of filters in my email uh, and also by bringing on an executive assistant i've been able to reduce the amount of time i'm in my email Mm-hmm. By really only paying attention to the things that require my attention versus the things that can be delegated and handled by other people. Uh, unfortunately, my executive assistant is out for the last week, so I've mm-hmm. had to operate without her, which is really tough when I've gotten used to working with her. So mm-hmm. I've had to check my email a lot more and deal with a lot more emails this week, but I'm looking forward to her coming back uh, on, mm-hmm. on Monday. Um, is there other people that you outsource your work like, or what type of work? Yeah. So we work just from uh, our agency perspective, we work with a lot of different subcontractors who are creatives. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, it helps to keep our overhead low for clients. But two, you know, creative, um, creative services are very difficult to be a one size fits all because there's stylistic differences between two different graphic designers or two different video producers or, you know, two different photographers. So as a result, we like to work with a wide variety of different talented people and not really commit to any one. I mean, we have our favorites that we, you know, that we give the majority of our work to, but we also like to have different options for the clients. So we work with copywriters, videographers, photographers, graphic designers, all outsourced. And then we also work with a number of different partners who we generally don't really, I wouldn't say that we outsource them. Instead, we partner with them and come in on projects together. Our internal team is primarily um, strategy and project management. That's kind of what we do inside uh, inside the walls of the company. And what is the task that you personally like doing most? Oh, God, the thing I like I doing. being the host of the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, so I've I've said for a long time that I'd like to get to the point where I only do four things in my business. But my favorite of the four is strategy. I love listening to the problems that a person or a business is facing. 
and listening mm-hmm. and, and asking questions and digging deep until I get all the information that I need to use the knowledge I have and put together a plan mm-hmm. for the person or the business to get where they're trying to go. So that's probably my favorite thing that I do in any part of my life. Hmm. Did you did you know that um, the most important skill in the future is creative thinking? Is it really? Yeah, the, the, the research, they said um, the, so, the programmers are going to be gone because the AI, artificial intelligence, is going to um, program itself. That, so, that doesn't yeah. surprise me. When I think out to the future, it's sort of like when you look at um, what the internet has done kind of at a high level. The internet made information a commodity. It became accessible to everybody. The, the problem we're currently facing is the validity of different information. But that means that it's not so much about having information. It's what you do with that information. So that's why we're in a knowledge economy uh, after we went through the information age. So I think in, it, that makes perfect sense because if you look out to the future and bring in more and more automation and machine learning, then in the future, what's really going to stand out is the things that machines can't do, which is creative thinking, or at least they yeah. can't do right now. Yeah, that's exactly what they said because many people think, oh, programming, like it's the future job, like you've got to learn how to program, but it turned out not to be that important. Interesting. Well, we'll see if it turned out. Mm-hmm. It's a theory, right? The, the creative thinking is a theory that that's going to be the most important, but we won't know until we get there. Hmm. Uh, well, the, okay, but you are a very creative thinker, so it's good. Yeah, that <laughs> good works. To have I'll be okay. I think I'll be okay. Um, so do you... Did you follow like this? Okay, question. What's the end of the world going to be because of? <laughs> That's, that is a dark but big question. <laughs> because uh, we were talking about it. That's why I just, I remind, remind, I remember it. But yeah. Elon Musk, Bill, Bill Gates, everybody yeah, we, talking we did, about it. Yeah, we did talk about that a little bit. And, and I've, I've written a lot about it and I've posted a lot of content about it. So uh, it is it, it's just a it's a dark topic, Nesley. But um, okay. okay, so but we, we can talk about it. Uh, I have a couple theories of what the end of the world could be. Um, I think it would be, I don't want to say anticlimactic, but if it was something like an asteroid hitting Earth, I think that would be kind of mm-hmm. um, kind of ordinary. <laughs> versus, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think the the chances are that we'll be our un, our own undoing and destruction long before. Um, before natural causes. So I think that it could be the introduction of artificial intelligence. I think we could run out of food through, uh, you know, potential global warming consequences. Um, you know, and, uh, and there's always the threat of just pure good old fashioned thermonuclear all out war. Mm -hmm. So those are all options. Uh, I can't think of anything else that's that's more likely. (laughs) That sounds about right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, my question actually was just like, do you think AI could be the end of humankind? But okay, we talk about it. So. I, I, you know, what? I, I think that's actually an uh, an interesting path to go down because uh, it's it's as likely as it is unlikely. But I mm-hmm. want there's a really fascinating TED talk that Sam Harris gives about mm-hmm. artificial intelligence that I think is totally worth a watch for anybody. Um, and and I will not in any way try and paraphrase or repeat what Sam mm-hmm. Harris said because he's incredibly eloquent. But the the main point is I don't think we're fully appreciating how quickly artificial intelligence is progressing and how once it hits a certain tipping point, how mm-hmm. quickly it will progress because 
if you think about the amount of uh, computations and processing power that uh, a computer can run at a, at a given time, how many different scenarios it can run through, mm-hmm. um, once it, once it were to achieve some level of consciousness, if that were to happen, mm-hmm. uh, it, it could learn all of human history and human intelligence in like a matter of minutes based upon the number of computations it could run. So, and, and that's again, me bastardizing the, the talk he gave, but I do think that it's something that we, we vastly underappreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think our time is running a little bit, um, what a short. Yeah. Okay. So what time do you wake up in the morning? Uh, that's a really, uh, so I, I reluctantly wake up at around seven 30. Reluctantly means like, yeah, sharp? like I, I don't want to, I, I'm not a morning person. I am actually a night owl oh. and I, oh. I wish that I wasn't sometimes, but realistically my favorite time of the entire day is probably about 10 PM to 2 AM. Mm. Okay. And are you still uh, working these times or do you, you, ch- you try to be a morning person and not work at night? I'm trying really hard to live on everybody else's schedule of like get up in the morning and we do things in the morning and have breakfast meetings. But I just don't like morning. It, to me, a morning is meant to be taken slowly and in, you should enjoy it. That's why I like weekends. But um, I, if I work at 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., I can get so much work done. And I'll tell you what it really comes down to. And this this kind of goes back to what I was saying about my email issue is that I know that at 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., nobody's emailing me or expecting anything from me. So I get like peace, un- uninterrupted work time. And the same thing is true from, you know, really from like 3 a.m. to about 6 a.m. You usually don't get too many emails or people looking for you. So the the understood time when business is done is, you know, eight to five or eight to six. That's kind of the window where people expect you to be available. I like pretty much everything outside of that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm exactly the same. I, I'm very creative at night. Um, but every successful people like um, the top successful producers like the, the Tim Ferriss new book, Titan Tool, they all wake up early. Yeah. And they do so much in the morning and I'm like, okay, I don't want to really like act and like insist on being night person. Maybe I can change it, but it's just difficult. Yeah, like, I've been I trying working at night like you do, but you did start waking up at seven. Yeah, it's, I'm trying. It's, it's, it's getting easier over time, but it's <laughs> still like, it's still not my preferred way of doing it. And I think it's because when I, whenever I wake up in the morning, I know that in front of me, mm-hmm. there's a time when things will begin to happen that will interrupt me. And because I have trouble focusing, I like it when the time that's in front of me mm-hmm. has less interruption. So at like 5 p.m., yeah. if I start at 5 p.m., there's less interruptions anytime after 5 p.m. because everybody else is going home. So for me, I have I feel more relaxed at work. I feel a greater sense of focus and and um, and like, you know, peacefulness. Because mm-hmm. there's, I know that there's nothing in front of me. Whereas when I wake up in the morning, I know that it's just a matter of time before the phone starts ringing and the emails come in and the tweets and all the things that I have to pay attention to, the responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So I like those times where I don't have to do that. That said, if I woke up at 3 a.m., I would have a, a pretty decent amount of time where I could work without anybody interrupting. Mm-hmm. And um, how often do you work out? Uh, the question doesn't have, do you work out? How often do you work out? Uh, 
like almost never lately. Um, oh. Like, oh honestly, I know it's terrible. Oh. I, it, oh. I go in waves. I honestly, I go in waves where like I'll, I'll be like really good for like four months and I'll like get in like really great shape and I'll eat right. And then like, I don't know, something will happen and like I'll take a few weeks off. And then it's like just the momentum either mm-hmm. direction, whether I get into the good momentum of doing it the right way, then I'm good. And if I don't, then I don't. But I wish that I had that burning desire to work out like some people do. Like some people, like if they don't go to the gym, they get like crazy and they feel mm-hmm. like all messed up. I don't. I like I like to relax because I work so hard that mm-hmm. like when I get home, I don't really feel like doing that. And when I wake up in the morning – I feel like stress and pressure to get all my workout done and then I'm tired at work. And so, I don't know, I'm still trying to figure out my formula, but thankfully I I eat pretty healthy for the most part. Okay. We'll talk about the eating, but so like, I think maybe you need to find what you really love doing, like workout wise. You don't have to go to gym. Some people hate it. Yeah. I like playing basketball and thankfully in my girlfriend's place, there's a, there's a basketball court. So that helps. Nice. And yeah. it's a great exercise. Yeah. You just now need to put on schedule often. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. And eat wise, what do you eat for breakfast? So I'm an eggs guy. I like, uh, I'm very much all about the eggs, but I'm, I'm starting to try this intermittent fasting thing. <gasps> Seriously. I was just reading a lot about it. It's so confusing. Yeah. You, did you try? Or I'm, are you I'm, trying? I'm literally trying right now. And I, I, mm. I think I did two days where I did it right. And then Today I just was like, ah, screw it. It's podcast day. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna eat a breakfast sandwich. So I generally try and eat the paleo diet um, for the most part, and I'm trying the intermittent fasting thing in combination with. But um, right now I'm I'm kind of going through a phase where I'm trying to correct some bad habits, um, not terrible habits, just not the best habits. Mm-hmm. I would love you to interview someone who knows about the intermittent fasting and stuff like. I actually know Details. someone who does that, so I'll have to get him on the show. He's, yeah. he's actually a friend of mine. I can bring him I, on. That would be amazing, like someone we can trust and like listen. Um, and okay, so you, how long you have a girlfriend? Uh, we've been seeing each other for about two years, I think. Two years, about. okay. Yeah. And um, is there, like I always ask it to my girl on the mattress guests, like is, what's the secret of a good relationship? Oh, that's a great question. And so I don't know if you know this, but I have a side business that isn't, uh, it's a online dating consultancy. So I, I coach people on, uh, how to have more success at online dating, but also how to have more successful relationships, how to better understand your partner, things like that. So, um, I would say that the secret to a good relationship at the end of the day is communication. Um, you really have to be able to communicate when you're in a good mood, when you're in a bad mood. You have to understand how to have effective communication so that um, you understand where you're both coming from and that you you really understand how to best deal with one another. So I mm-hmm. think communication is probably the, the biggest thing to a successful relationship continuing. But I think at the beginning, you have to understand what makes a good partner for you. So I think you have to figure out you know, what are the most important criteria to you that would define a good relationship and then only engage in those kind of relationships. But then you have a list of like a hundred things that the good criteria is the guy should do like this. Yeah. But uh, so I don't, I I, I don't subscribe to the belief that you should have a list of a hundred, but I generally 
recommend that you get to have five deal breakers. So you have five things that are like, these are the most important things. And then after that, you get your entire list of nice to haves. And if you find someone who has all five of the things that you're looking for, you know, none of your deal breakers, Mm -hmm. then you found a good person. So usually those are things like politics, religion, sex, marriage, kids. Those are things that like, you know, two people have to agree on or it's just not going to work. And then there's the other stuff like, you know, uh, do they like, are they a morning person or a night person? Are they a messy person or a neat person? Um, do they like the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles? You know, so you can go through all that stuff and maybe to some people those are deal breakers, but usually those are like the nice to haves. It's like, nice. okay, that's good. But deal breakers are are those more intense things that can ruin a relationship. So you got to be on the same page with those. Mm-hmm. How long are you doing this? Uh, the side business, mm-hmm. uh, about a year and a half, I would say. That sounds amazing. How is it going so far? It, you know, it's like any side hustle. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, you've got several things that you're doing, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, one of them inevitably doesn't get enough attention, which is why, you know, I think people who have like five or six kids, it's amazing. They probably don't pay attention to at least one of them. But, yeah. um, you know, I we sell an online course, uh, which I think is an awesome online course, but we haven't done much to really promote it. We've mm-hmm. done a couple of workshops. The workshops went over amazingly. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the consulting was just tough. We did profile reviews and rewrites. We did date consulting mm-hmm. with people. And the mm-hmm. problem was it was, you know, running an agency, doing the podcast and all the things that I do, mm-hmm. you know, it was tough to find time for it. So we kind of have not been promoting it as heavily or doing much with it. Uh, and mm-hmm. we're really trying to move more into the online education for online mm-hmm. dating. Online education is huge. We didn't even talk about it. But yeah. is there any more future education programs you're planning? Oh, I have so many ideas for it. <laughs> so many ideas for it. But it would be uh, – yeah. we, we could talk about the whole online education thing for hours. I have so you, many ideas. Do um, you have like um, – execution plan like you have idea generate you're you're an idea generator so like how do you pick which idea to make alive um i mean it's 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 generally a factor of priorities you know so i look at it and i say what's what's the big goal i have and then i have to determine whether or not the things that i'm doing fit into that goal or not and i really only take on new projects if they fit into the big overarching goal so like this year for instance The goal is that the company generates a half a million dollars. Mm -hmm. And to do that, that means that I have to have very much a single-minded focus. And the only things I can take on are things that fit into that plan of generating $500,000. And if I don't do that, then I'm taking myself off course of the bigger goal. And that's that's the important one is that big goal. So, you know, I have 100 ideas for side businesses. But if they don't contribute to that bigger goal, then I have to table them until there's time. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, do you have like a specific goal setting system? Um, I use, there's a couple different systems that I use for goal setting. So one is I use the rule of threes. So whenever I'm swirling, like my brain is full of things, I pull out a piece of paper, I draw a circle and I draw three lines coming off of it. And those three lines are to be the top three things that are on my mind or the top three priorities. And then Mm -hmm. inside of that, I can, I can draw three lines out of each of those three lines. And that That is all that I can focus on. So it's a way of really getting towards the priorities of what needs to be focused on. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing. I also am uh, an obsessive calendar and project management or task management uh, software user. So my calendar tells me where to go every day. I literally wake up every day. I look at my calendar. I go exactly where it tells me to go and nothing else. Um, Mm -hmm. And then my task list, I I, – 
obsessively go through that and I check, you know, what tasks need to happen uh, to, you know, what tasks roll up into the greater objective and project. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty dedicated to using my task list on a regular basis. Which app was that? I use Asana, A-S-A-N-A, Asana. It's okay. an amazing app. It's a great web app. Um, and it's, uh, it's something that I couldn't live without. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I think we are now at the end. I don't want to end this. This is amazing. Like, <laughs> that's, that, I think that's awesome that, uh, you don't want to, you don't want to end our time together. Um, yes, you, you know, a lot and you, you have to write all of these things on your blog, like, so we can get this information, you know? Oh, absolutely. This is going to be a show note rich episode of, uh, the, this segment okay. is called now you do me. This is going to be one of the most, uh, information rich ones we've ever had. So I thank you for that. And I thank you for coming on to be both a guest and a host. And mm-hmm. particularly in this episode, I think you were a fantastic host. <laughs> and what I really love about this segment that we do is that every guest that comes on to become the host, runs this part differently, asks very mm. different questions. You're the first one to ask about the end of the world. So, um, it, you know, AI. is the AI is going to, the AI going to be the end of the world? I think, it, I think that's going to be it. Um, especially once the AI can, uh, listen to these podcast episodes and realize that obviously <laughs> we, we saw it coming. So yeah, and put them in their mind now. Like they are like, Oh, these people are scared from us. Yeah. This is, uh, this is where it becomes sentient. So, Thank you for being the host on the show. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on, both being a host and a guest. And um, I hope all of you out there listening enjoyed having Nestle as the host of this show and as well as a guest. And we encourage you to come back for the next one uh, because this episode, much like the rest of them, is shareable. Shareable. That was so much fun. I can't even believe the guests that we get. I mean, can you believe the guests that we get? I can, actually. I schedule them. Awesome. Well done. Well, this episode for me was an absolute blast, and I hope everyone listening really enjoyed it. But now that we're in this fun little outro, what should people do next? Hmm. I think they should check us out on iTunes. Definitely go check us out on iTunes. And when you get there, subscribe, drop us a review, and then what's that one last thing we want them to do? I don't know. Share the episode. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's in the name. So... Please share this episode, tell everyone you know, and we'll see you on the next episode of Shareable. Bye.